Here's a message from Ken Lavica. Okay, yeah, the Heat are bad. They're done. Put up the white flag. They're absolutely terrible. But here is the bright spot. At least nobody had to be banned for life from the American Airlines Arena after last night. Coquel hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. No, no, no. Stick around. Hang out with us. Cool. Yeah, we'll stay and hang around with you. It's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. I'm going to take my beating at some point, I promise. I'm going to take my Heat fan beating like a man, like a champ, because I've earned it and I deserve it. But we need to talk about human beings who spit on other human beings and human beings who throw popcorn on other human beings. Did you say human beings? Human beings. Beings. B-E-I-N-G-S. Beings. Ings. Human beings. Yeah, it's not like you were saying human beings, which I thought was the word until like three years ago. That's cool. I was hoping you'd actually flip it back to where I was right. We are headed into a three-day weekend. I am Ken Levick. Uh, I'm the name on the show. He's Coquel. He's the name on the featuring. It is Ken Levick Alive (laughs) featuring Coquel. He's the name that was shoehorned on the show. (laughs) We are coming to you from the Anna John Levine Accident Attorney Studios. Downtown West Palm Beach, Phillips Point Towers, right off a sparkling warm Intracoastal. Ken, look out. A tumbleweed just almost hit you. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, this office is empty. Want to know what I did because I knew I knew it was going to be empty in here? I'm wearing shorts, baby. It's Memorial Day Shorts Friday. You want to know why? Because I can. Say something about it, someone. I dare you. When you're not in the office, it's time to wear shorts. <laughs> when you're not here, I'm going to be tough. Say something Who's about say something? it. Me? I wear shorts when everyone's yep. here. Well, that's a good leading because I am being a phony tough guy by clearly violating the uh, dress code here at ESPN Wait, we West Palm. Code? There is a dress code. What, what's the dress code? Uh, business casual. Yeah, you wear shorts a lot. I'm surprised no one said something. And you were in flip flops, you gross, disgusting man. I love flip flops. I know I do too, but I no, don't know. No, you just work. said they're gross. So that potential partner that's out there that wanted to talk no, about no, flip flops. No, no, no. Ken hates flip flops. Coquel loves flip flops. So all you flippity floppity companies, come get some Coquel. Flip flops are gross. Coquel's feet are. Um, <laughs> uh, I am being, I am being a fake tough guy uh, by having nobody in Fugazi. the office, and then yeah, and and wearing shorts, and then uh, yelling, do something about it. But also being a fake tough guy. Uh, that's for people that spit on other people or people that throw food or drink on other people. Uh, so. The, the Knicks fan who spit on Trey Young, game two of their uh, first-round playoff series, the Knicks went on to win the game two championship, uh, <laughs> he has been banned for life from Madison Square Garden. The Knicks announced it yesterday. In Philadelphia, the fan who decided it was going to be a good idea to dump a full bucket of popcorn on an injured, hobbled Russell Westbrook as he went into the tunnel the 76ers announced that he has been banned for life from uh, uh, from Philly from attending any 76ers games. The Utah Jazz, after 
racial slurs or racial comments were thrown at John Morant's family uh, during uh, game two of that Jazz Grizzlies series. The Jazz are handling that, and those fans won't be allowed to uh, to be uh, present at Jazz games any longer. Those are all examples of really honestly like fake, tough behavior. But they're also examples of, all right, this happened, we're throwing hands behavior. But the, the, the singular thing that what I've seen on social media and talking to people, they keep going back to, is that spitting on someone is like the apex flashpoint for I've been disrespected and this is going to go down. Like that's the number one trigger for, all right, we're fighting. It doesn't matter what walk of life you come from. It doesn't matter uh, matter what gender you are. It doesn't matter how big you are, how small you are, how physically capable you are, or physically incapable you are. If you get spit on, that's the universal code for, hey, you better be ready because hands are coming your way. But I'm wondering if there is anything that even exceeds being spit on or anything that is at least in the neighborhood, in the universe of being spit on. This is a a true conversation today on a Friday, going into into a three-day weekend. Lollipop Friday. This is a, a true discussion about what causes you to finally lose it to a point where that's it. It's on. Because I'm curious, and I'm not condoning violence, but we have all been there, right? Like, Coquel, you've been there. I've been there. I've scrapped a few times. Yeah, and uh, I am. I, I'm a bad fighter. I'm a bad I'm fighter. A good fighter. I, uh, well, you've got. I, I mean, you've got good, and I'm not being disrespectful about this. You've got good size. Like I'm sure you do, and you but can e- hang in there. Even skinny, I was okay. I think it's just because my head is so big, and I don't feel the punches. <laughs> You're like Homer <laughs> from <laughs> The Simpsons. Yeah, that's kind of what it was like. Like I, I'm not saying I won the fight, yeah. but I was like, all right, that worked out for me because I didn't feel. It. How's your hand feel? <laughs> but in our life experiences, guy, girl. Big, small, tough, not small. Um, uh, you know what? What is the what causes you to throw hands most? Maybe point the thing that causes you to throw hands most. Maybe it is someone disrespecting your significant other. But what's in that neighborhood of being spit on? Like what happened to Trey Young, Game Two at Madison Square Garden? What's something that happens where you say, "All right, we're fighting." 888-760-3776, or tweeted us at ESPN West Palm. And I'm going to give you an example of something that it got to me. It finally, uh, it wore me down in high school. Uh, I had big ears. I mean, big ass ears in high school. It took me a long time to actually grow in to my ears and there was a kid who would flick him every single time I walked by. And the first couple of times it happens, you just say, all right, like, fine, whatever. Like, that hurt, but you deal with it. It's like when someone gives you a, uh, I don't think I can say what the actual slang word for it is, a nipple twister. Um, uh, like, that, like, let's go with nipple twister. Yeah, let's go with nipple twister. Like, that sucks, but whatever. Like, it's just part of, it's just a thing, Okay. But getting my ear flicked over and now over I like and over those. again. <laughs> yeah, once you become an adult, you realize your tastes have been refined. Um, but the ear thing drove me insane to a point 
where I was walking down the hallway my junior year of high school with a girl that I had been working on for a long time. And finally, it felt like there was progress and maybe just maybe it was going to turn into something. And the same guy came up while I'm walking with this girl down the hallway and flicked my ear. Mm. And you know when you there's that anger and you start to see red and you feel the heat in your face and you start to like lose control? Mm-hmm. That's exactly what happened. And before I even knew what I was doing... Right hook, like I, yeah, I, yeah. to and the jaw, I, to the jaw, and I caught him, and I think it surprised him, and he ended up before we got broken up, he got the better. Of like it. how long did he beat you up for? <laughs> it was like ten seconds after that, <laughs> but the fact that that triggered me to to go after him, like that was one that's uncharacteristic for me because I'm not dumb. I'm not just gonna fight for the sake of fighting, but the anger I felt, my my senses completely dulled. And it was like, this is happening right now. So that was it. Ear flick makes you scrap right away. Well, that. It was a consistent, it it, it grew to a flashpoint. Yeah, but there's got to be something that made you go right away. Because that was like, all right, this kid keeps picking on me and there's a girl. Well, what I think it was, the the girl being involved, that is what finally, like, that's what sent it over the top. That was the one instance, all right, that's it. So the embarrassing me in front of my lady friend is kind of the Mm -hmm. flashpoint then for you. Yeah, I think so. It, maybe that makes me insecure, but that also, I mean, it pissed me off. I uh, that that feeling, that scene red when, it, like, you just know after that, this is happening, and I'm not going to be able to control myself. How did you feel after you got beat up by the guy? I actually, to be honest, I felt okay because I, for the first time in my life, just sort of like stood up for something physically. Good for you, yeah. Ken. Good for yeah. you. I bet you you made the rookie mistake though of punching and then waiting for the reaction. Yeah, because oh, when sure. you punch someone, you have to you follow. Have to keep you going. Yeah, right. don't stop. Because no, when you right. stop, then you're in trouble. <laughs> like, keep what am I, going. What am I football? I teach my my nine year old all the time. Just keep punching the kids. What am oh. I? <laughs> that, that is great fatherly advice. Explains a lot. What am I? Uh, and this also coming from a, a guy who was a teacher in a former life as well, and a coach. Cool. Um, but one of my football player friends was like, "Yeah, bro." He said the exact thing you did. Like, bro, you got to keep going. If you're gonna if you're gonna initiate it. You got to get going. You got to you got to take care of business after that. 888-760-3776. What based on on Trey Young being spit on, which is despicable. That is from from everything that I've read and everything everyone's told me since it happened. Like that's the universal we're going. This is happening. We're throwing hands. Is there anything worse than being spit on? And what's in the neighborhood of being spit on? What is something that happens where you say it's on 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. Tweeted the show at ESPN West Palm. Let's start in J- with Jerry in West Palm. Jerry, you're on Ken Levick Alive. What's up, Jerry? Hey, how are you guys? Good, good, good. So what? what is it that this, it happens and you start seeing red, that flush feeling in your face, and you know that it's time to square up? Oh, man. Um, well, I have the answer, but first I want to say I love you guys' show. You guys are great. Sure, appreciate um, you, bud. But, <laughs> yes, sir. But what happens is um, when, when, when you key a man's car, oh, you, don't, man. you don't touch a man's vehicle. Oh. No. And, and That's instant oh, for me. Geez. Yeah, for sure. The only problem with the keying of the car is I feel like that's the rat move when no one's around. You're not actually going to walk up and key the car. Yeah, I guess, Jerry, it is. Yeah, but if you do, in the rare if instance, you, you know out, who oh. it is or you have, like, a security camera, yeah, then uh, that, that's, that's, that's despicable. Like, Jerry, that's a truly despicable move. That's up there with spitting, man. I can't think of anything else, really. Yeah, touching a guy's, you know what I mean? touching someone's car, messing with someone's car, 
causing damage to Jerry, someone's Jerry's car. Jerry's right. My son scratched my car the other day, and it was <laughs> it was hands time. Did he? Did He's he? Four, he won. Did, did, he did punched he purposely, me right in the junk. He did. He <laughs> you, did do it on purpose. See, that's where the height disadvantage <laughs> comes in handy. And he's got the big head like me too, so that's a weapon for him as well. <laughs> did um, it, he didn't do it on purpose? No, but he opened my wife's car. I was like, eh, and he like kept doing it. Now there's a big scratch. Like, oh, you're so cute. <laughs> oh, but I love you. And then groin kick. Yeah. Uh, no, he punches. He punches to the groin. That would be. Really impressive if it was a groin kick. Kelly in Palm Beach Gardens. Kelly, you're on ESPN 106.3. What do you got, Kelly? Hey, what's up, fellas? How you doing? Good, man. So, so Ken, did that really happen? Yeah, it happened because <laughs> I... No, I mean, I mean did, you, did you really grow into your ear? <laughs> <laughs> Kelly, yes. Ke- I'm right. just kidding. I'm no, just kidding. I, Kelly, I try, but as bad as it is now, Kelly, and, I'm, and it's honestly, it used to be like Andrew Siciliano bad. If you can get a feel for uh, Andrew Siciliano from Red Zone, uh, like that's that was me in high school, Kelly. Like I'm telling you, it was profound, profound ear biggage uh, when I was in high school. But yeah, I have to agree with you guys. The spitting. You know, that's hands down, number one. I do know some people, though, that um, that one of the things I used to do in high school, just like to my friends as a joke, is you do a little pop to the back of the head, and yeah. that really sets some people off. Yeah, because yeah, it hurts. Like, it, it definitely does. And if you catch someone who's not in the right mood, if you catch someone and you don't know if they're having or a bad day. Or even that neck thing when you smack in the back of yeah. the neck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, it, like Kelly, a lot of it too. And I think that for me with the ear flick, what finally set it off was the girl in the equation and the fact that already I was like on edge about it. And there's just, if you catch somebody in the wrong mood, even with someone that you think is your boy, like that's going to, that's going to happen. Like that is going to be a flashpoint. But spitting is downright, like that's the most disrespectful and appreciate the call, Kelly. Like, there is a disrespect level that comes with, like Jerry was saying, key in a car. I wonder if culturally if there's, different, if there's different things that are flashpoints that set you off. I guess, but man, like the spitting thing, I feel like across any culture, that's going to... Unify America? Because it's almost like a, it's almost like a, I can't believe that just happened into a, I can't let this person walk over me. But pouring food or drink on someone, like what happened to Russell Westbrook... That's up there. That's definitely up there. And you know what's weird? We're talking about this and throwing food and drink. Have you seen the stories about Casey Anthony here in West Palm getting drinks thrown on her at various bars? No. Like to the point where police had to get involved at O'Shea's a, a couple of days ago on Clematis? Like, how about that? And I'm not saying that I... I uh, it's about time police got involved. <laughs> not saying that I'm actually admonishing that, but I'm saying that it definitely fits into this. But getting spit on... Uh, what is, is there anything worse than that? Is there anything in the neighborhood of that? That when it happens, you say, we're fighting. 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. Uh, Coach Kalu on Twitter says, touching my bald head. I'm glad you threw the D in there. You started that going. You're like, touching my bald head. You really had a weird <laughs> delay there that uh-huh. I didn't like. And I don't think the fake Coach K would like that either. Well, actually, uh, in college, I had a buddy who just ran. Some random came up to him. We were at a festival, a music festival mm-hmm. in college, and some random came up to him and flicked him in the what you thought I was going to say Ooh, a package a flick? flick. That's not good. No, and so they brawled. They, they and he fought off the pain, and it was immediately. First of all, in how do you fight at a music festival? Because I'm assuming if you're at a musical festival, you're on ecstasy or some kind no, of craziness. It was. It was. Was a, it like a. 
No, it was alternative music. Oh, it was angry grunge. Yeah, it was yeah, something. That's, that's it, my kind of music. But, but it I think was, that's why a lot of fights happen. Yeah, but it was also like a lower. It's not like this was a mainstream festival. This was like a random field in Northwest Indiana. <laughs> so as you can imagine, there were uh, quite a, a number of interesting characters that were all looking to fight. And so that's definitely one of them. But if you were ever, um, and this is a, I was, if anybody has heard me talk about this, when I back when I was in high school, I definitely was part of the Chicago like music scene. I was big into that, going to pop punk shows. High school these, band isn't the music scene. No, I was I was definitely into the 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 punk era in Chicago, going to all the shows, trying to meet bands, all the merch, all that stuff. Um, but when you would get into mosh pits, and for anybody that it does not know rock, you may not know this or been to to especially metal shows. Like those are protected spaces in mosh pits. Mm-hmm. Like you, you're gonna get banged around, but as soon as someone starts getting a little crazy in there, and or if they the wrong start, person gets knocked down, uh-huh. they'll go pick them up and surround them and protect them. But if them. you knock someone down and you don't pick them up, and you're doing this consistently, that is music fan code for. It's on. Someone's going to jump that person. And then it's a real, real big Which deal. Which is crazy because it looks unruly in the mosh pit. People are throwing punches. Like, literally throwing punches to each yeah, other's faces. There's like but Tony LaRusa unwritten rules. There is definitely um, unwritten rules mosh, in the mosh pit. For sure. Absolutely. And I relied on those because I was small as hell. So I needed I needed that protection. I that. saw a corn in New York City, and I can't think of the famous New York City amphitheater that I saw him at. Um, Whatever. But yeah, I, does I purposely made sure I was in the upper deck and not on the pit because I was like, all right, I don't need to see corn in the pit and get beat up and get yeah. into a fight. I just didn't want to deal with all that. Uh, Captain Murica tweets, I don't think that it gets any more demeaning than thinking so low of someone that you would possibly comprehend spitting on another being. So, yes, it's going down. What about the slap to the face? An open hand slap to the face is absolutely in that neighborhood. I don't need any sort of support to tell me that if you get open hand slapped in the face, I it is more respectful to just take a a face to face punch to the jaw than it is to get slapped open hand. Like if you are looking to send a message like I'm better than you, I think nothing of you, you don't knock them out. You slap him in the face. Yeah. Oh no. That's a, It's basically saying, "Here I am. Do something." Yeah. Or someone do pun- something. I mean, someone punching you from behind is just as disrespectful, though, as getting spit in the face. I think. But that's more of I'm a punk. I'm going to punch you from behind. The slap yeah. in the face is, I. You see me. Yeah. I'm slapping you in the face, and you're not going to do but anything. Sucker punch from behind definitely deserves a beating, and that's where other people jump in, and uh, you can't really fault that. And yet. I want to I want to make clear before someone says I'm calling the FCC. Like we're not advocating violence. We're not advocating violence here. We're not saying this needs to happen, but we're talking about personal experiences here. There is a code of conduct that needs to be followed. Spitting is so out of line, so disrespectful. And uh, this guy at Madison Square Garden went all fake tough guy and spit on Trey Young if Trey Young would have reacted to it. Um uh, what's unfair about it is that if Trey Young reacted to it, the NBA would have suspended him God knows how many games, but also there is a rational part of our brain, a rational part of our mind that says, you know what? That's okay. That's okay. We understand what Trey Young did if he reacted to being spit on. Uh, and I bet that he would probably win an appeal to get suspension reduced because it's human decency. To not get spit on, to not spit on someone, so you understand the immediate reaction, the losing control of, here comes my fist now. What are the flashpoints for a fight? Getting spit on, 
Is that tops? Is there something in that neighborhood? Great call by Coquel. Open hand slap? Hell yeah. Getting sucker punched from behind? Yes, absolutely. Keen someone's car? Yeah, that's up there if you find out who it was. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Or tweet at us at ESPN West Palm. Let's go to Royal Palm. That's where we find John. What's up, John? Hey, Kenny. It's John Keller. Um, hey, bud. Uh, one thing that uh, jumped out to me was it was uh, I was I formerly worked at the station, and when I was 17 years old, I was uh, interning uh, dutifully, and we were going to a high school football game. Uh-huh. You, me, and Jason Pugh, uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, Jason Pugh uh, told a 17 year old girl there were cones blocking blocking the car, and she told the girl she goes, "Hey, can you move those cones?" And the look of disgust on her face, if she was in a position to, to, to beat up Jason Pugh, I, I just, she could not believe the audacity that this person would tell her to move cones when she's like out on a Friday night, so, you know, 17-year-old, having a good time. So, John, what I would say to that is uh, there are some who look at diva behavior. And that's, I mean, that's not diva behavior, but perceived diva behavior, a potential flashpoint to, to, to throw hands. Right, exactly. And so I was, I, you know, I thought, man, she was about to throw hands at him. And then, you know, of course, I dutifully got out of the car and moved the cone. And I was like, oh, so we're, we're, all, we're all good. And, and, and knowing John for as long yeah. as I have, that is the, the true John Keller diffusing the situation. John, you've traveled the world a lot, right? You've been around? That I have. I lived in Ethiopia, lived in Uganda, California. Culturally, are there different things that set people off that are a little bit different than here? Oh, absolutely. I mean, wh- one thing in Ethiopia that I can think of, you know, uh, of starting a fight was <laughs> was I, I tried to uh, get pickpocketed um, in Ethiopia. And I grabbed the, the grabbed the guy's hand and I, I shouted, "Hey, look! Here, here, here's a thief!" Right? Yeah. And uh, immediately everything was everyone grabbed this person and took him to the police. And they said, "Okay, you know, obviously, obviously, here's a thief." But then I said some uh, some bad words about his mother. And everybody turned on me um, because you know that's just not <laughs> oh, anything oh. that you would ever do. Oh. So 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 everyone, which you know, I was, you know, it, kind of how Kenny got his ears flicked. I was very angry that somebody tried to steal my wallet. Yeah, and so um, everyone all of a sudden like turned on me. So the thief was like, you know, vindicated because I'm just this. <laughs> you awful turned foreigner, heel. So. You turned heel in that right. spot. Yeah, right. And I, and I was like. Let's get out of this situation now. Yeah, yeah. It, so it, I said, all right, sounds good. <laughs> I'm out. See ya. Uh, John, appreciate the call. Good to hear from you. Yeah, talking about someone's mother, I would be willing to bet that for some, talking about someone's mom, especially considering the circumstance, and maybe that's a little uh, lesser of a trigger, to me, I'd probably be able to uh, brush that off to an extent, but there are some where they say, no, uh-uh, you said it. Let's go. I mean, I know for a fact there are some words for some people that absolutely well, said You it also up. don't know people's history. Like, my dad mm-hmm. died before I was born, so when I was young, if someone said something about, like, your dad, I'd flip out even though I didn't meet him. And as I got older, I was like, what am I really even angry about? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they don't know any better. But that's why I try to teach kids in class when they would say mom jokes and different jokes. You don't know the situation behind the parent. Yeah. You know, the situation yeah, sure. in the family. That's why you got to kind of watch those. Because if the wrong thing is going on in the house... That could set someone off. At Mopey Face says, someone steps on my new shoes. We're fighting. Oh, stop it, Mopey Face. <laughs> uh, let's head back to the phones. Let's go to Lake Worth. That's where Jason is. Hey, Jason. Hey, man. How you guys doing? Love your show. Thank you. Um, like you were talking about with your ear getting flicked in school and stuff. Yep. You know, in, in our school, we had the thing where the guy come up and kick you from behind. 
Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know besides, what you're talking about. Besides the spit, that's number one. But getting kicked, it just reminds me of a dog. You know, you can just, people kick dogs. Yeah. No, keep your feet off. You're right. It is like you're beneath me, and so this is what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. I think that is extremely disrespectful. That's a good call. You know what drove me crazy? Also, kicking dogs would make me want to fight someone. Yeah, sure. <laughs> like that's sure. Gonna, that's going to have me go off, too. Yeah, uh, abusing animals? Absolutely. Um, uh, uh, speaking of high school hallways, because high school hallways, there's a lot of ways to mess with someone to a point where, all right, we're going we're gonna to fight. When, when people would walk down the hallway and take their backpacks and swing it into you, well, it's on their back, and they'll swing around and deck you. So if you're carrying books, your books go down. Or you're by the lockers, you fly into the lockers. That sucks. Ken, you got a lot of experience getting bullied, huh? Because <laughs> I think no. you would have liked me in high school because I'm, I'm I was skinny then. So I'm like a smaller dude, but I, I have broad shoulders even when I was skinny. But yeah. my family was a bunch of tough guys. Mm-hmm. Like for, for generations in our small town of Northport, the Coquels were like nuts. Commercial fishermen clamming. They'd start working at like 14, show up to work with like huge forearms and stuff. You know, like those. <laughs> yeah, and sure. here's, here's dopey me raised by mom who kept me away from there. Like like I was a Kennedy keeping away from like I was <laughs> Junior, whatever. Um, JFK Jr. stayed away from the Kennedy family. Right. That was me. Um, what set me off at the time is if I saw someone getting picked on, I was in there trying to fight for the kid who got picked on like every single time. And I don't know if it was I was that angry or I knew I had the backing of the Coquel last name that, all right, well, they're not going to fight me, so let me get sure. in between. Because once they knew who I was, they wouldn't fight me anyway, but yeah. I was ready to go. But like that would set me up. Anytime someone got picked on, I was ready to fight for the person being picked and on. full honesty, like I wasn't bullied, but here's what happened. I, I had a couple of different groups of friends, but for me, you know how I am. Like I'm very much like a, okay, I'll go along with it. And so that always, especially when you're in high school, opens the door to, hey, I can mess with this guy and I know we'll be cool after until it's not cool anymore. Until it becomes a problem, yeah. and that's what that's what happened to me a couple of times. 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. Here's, here is the, the, the point of all of this, the lesson to all of this. We're about to have a three-day weekend. A lot of you are so fully vaccinated. You're going to go out into the world for the first time in a long time. There's going to be some drinks. Maybe you're not as conditioned as you previously were. Keep your saliva to yourself. We're still in a pandemic, and... Yeah. Understand the decency, okay? Keep your hands and feet to yourself, too. Keep your hands and feet to yourself, especially Coquel's disgusting feet in the flip-flops right now. All right, I have one bad toe. The other four are nice looking. (laughs) The big toe, he looks like two toes. I have one bad toe. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. When we return, the Heat are done. This season's about to come to an end. What we've seen from them this time around, does it diminish what the Heat did in the bubble last summer. He's Coquel. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. You are listening to Ken Levick live on ESPN 106.3. Call the show now at 888-760-3776. Does the heat performance against the Bucks make the heat run in the bubble a fluke? I'm known for me. I didn't think this was a thing, but I've seen a lot of it. Was the Heat Bubble run in the summer? The Eastern Conference Championship run a fluke? Ken Levick alive here on ESPN 106.3, bringing you into a three-day Memorial Day weekend. 
Don't forget to subscribe to the Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquel Podcast. Get it right to your phone after we conclude every single day here on ESPN 106.3. So last night did not go well, and the Heat are done. Like, I'm putting up the white flag. I deserve to take a beating. You certainly can call and give me a beating at 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. The Heat, after game one, just have not been able to figure out the Bucks. The Bucks are shooting out of their minds. They're more physical. They have broken down the Heat defense, not to mention the Heat cannot hit an open basket uh, if their collective lives depended on it. But I want to read a tweet from Frank Isola. Frank Isola, who is ESPN, SiriusXM, longtime writer, covered the Knicks in New York. He tweeted last night because he calls the Heat the culture club. And Frank Isola is truly a, a troll. He is a basketball troll on Twitter. Culture club has asked the NBA if they can play game four against the Bucks in the Orlando bubble. That's just the first of many tweets that I saw last night and a lot of posts, many posts that I saw, even going back to uh, some anonymous scouts a couple of months ago who said that the thought around the league is that the only reason the Heat were able to do what they did last year is because they were in the bubble and they weren't playing games at actual arenas. And this is all resurfacing now that the Heat are on the verge of probably being swept out by the Bucks. Were the Heat, and was that Heat run in the bubble a fluke because it was in the bubble? Now that we've seen them in these environments, these regular environments, and the Heat have not been able to hang with the Bucks, have not comp- been competitive in games two and three. Was the bubble run a fluke? 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776, and tweeted us at ESPN West Palm. For me, as a basketball fan, not just a Heat fan, as a basketball fan, that's offensive. That's offensive. Everybody had the exact same playing field in the bubble last year. From the amount of time off to the amount of time to get right injury-wise, to the lack of home court advantage. It was as pure X's and O's, take all the variables out, as you're ever going to find in professional basketball. And actually, to me, that makes what the Heat did even more sensational. What's fluky about that? You didn't have the benefit of a home court. You didn't have the benefit of teams having to travel. You didn't have the adversity of trying to overcome injuries. Everybody was on an even playing field. The Bucks, who were the one seed, the 76ers, the Clippers, the Nuggets, the Celtics, the Pacers. The Heat were on the same playing field as everybody else. And they ground their way through the Eastern Conference. They dominated the Bucks. They rolled through the Pacers. They stomped on the Celtics. And you're going to tell me that was a fluke in the most natural basketball setting you're going to get in the NBA? You're never going to see that again. You're never going to see more pure basketball than that. Not to mention, it happened with these players being completely disconnected from their lives. Unable to have face-to-face contact with the outside world. Being away from their families. Their only relief 
being able to sit at the hotel bar go fishing in that Orlando bubble. And you're going to tell me that that was easy? That that makes what the Heat did fluky? Because this season, when they didn't make many adjustments in the offseason, and then the big trade they made for Victor Oladipo didn't pan out because Oladipo got injured again, that is going to be uh, a, a judgment on what they did in the bubble? You just don't know basketball, and you're just a flat-out hater, if that's what you think. It's just mindless. It's dumb. Succeeding in the bubble is a badge of honor. It's not a fluke. There's nothing fluky about that. That's nonsense. Like, listen to yourself, Frank Isola. Listen to yourselves, Twitter trolls. But what do you think? The Heat losing to the Bucs, a team they handled in the bubble last year, but being handled this year under more normal circumstances. Does that make what the Heat did in the bubble fluky? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. The Heat bubble run. Was that a fluke after what we've seen here over the first three games of this series? I think fluke is the wrong word, but I do think all those things you brought up that are a badge of honor also factored into the Heat making that run. They have a guy like Jimmy Butler who's wired just a little bit differently. They have some players who maybe aren't as elite, but they're more pure shooters that could probably shoot better in an empty gym. They were kind of built for that. They have a coach who X's and O's wise, maybe one of the best in the league. So when that becomes, it's a pure basketball sense of thing. And they have that culture that I solo tried to make fun of where other teams were probably sick of each other by the end of the bubble. That heat culture helped them through the bubble because they were all living together. So why, though, why though is this being used as a, as a way to diminish what the Heat did in Orlando? If anything, that would be a way, that would be an argument to raise up, to promote, to broadcast what the Heat did. I think, would, I think it does raise up what the Heat did, but I think it also diminishes what their team is. They're not a championship team right now. They are a star away. Jimmy Butler can't be your number one. No. Bam may not be able to be your number two right now. As a number three, he's amazing. And hopefully he develops to number two. Right now, to make that jump from a number two to your star, it doesn't look likely for Bam next year. Yeah, They need another star. They are a star away. But this is more uh, the, the heat staying put in the offseason. Teams getting an offseason, even though it was expedited, to figure the heat out. And uh, the heat gave $10 million to Myers Leonard. Like it was not a great offseason, and it was a very quick turnaround. It was an extremely quick turnaround. That doesn't diminish what the Heat did in the bubble. This is a, uh, a tweet from uh, T.I. Koff. The bubble was a fluke. Not a lot of players took it serious, but the Heat did. This is real playoff basketball. Fans and family and the stands. Actual pressure to perform. Not a noon run at an L.A. fitness. What is that? No, what does that even mean? Go watch the bubble games again. Go watch Dame time during that bubble run to get into the playoffs. They were fighting for their lives. When those playoff series were going, there was a lot of fight. Now, maybe when a team was down three games to one, they might have punted on that fifth game more so than they used to in the past. But those series were already decided because it's less embarrassing to kind of give a halfway effort when you know the series is over when there's not people screaming at you and you're not yeah. in front of the fans. But, to but say they tried. People... If you've ever played sports or if you've ever played basketball, real basketball players, they try no matter who's around. Yeah, I mean, that's that's just so misguided and wrong to say that it, uh, no one was trying except for the Heat. Like, that's actually, uh, that that's just dumb. That's just dumb. 
a run at LA Fitness. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And I think Evan Cohen, who you're going to hear today, commercial free, uh, 5 o'clock, said it best. And I'm sure this is just a tune-up for what he's going to talk about at uh, at 5. During a time when basketball players only had basketball to focus on and everyone had one thing to worry about, the Heat and LeBron made the finals. It makes complete sense. And anyone who tears it down is utterly absurd. I mean, Evan absolutely said it best. I think, it, if anything, it's a praise of how much are they over. Don't call it a fluke. Call it an overachievement. Yeah, for That's sure. Different. That's for different. For sure. And, and in, in most uh, sports senses, an overachievement, you say, wow, what a special moment. That's what a run. It group. all clicked. They put it together. But here... Uh, they're being called the bubble boys, as if the bubble was some cakewalk, as if it wasn't the most trying circumstance these NBA players have ever been in from a life and from a basketball standpoint. Lose me with the the Heat need a bubble to win. No, no, no. The Heat excelled and exceeded and should be praised for what they did in the bubble. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. The Heat bubble run after what we've seen first three games against the Bucks Is that uh, a, a fluke? Is it diminished now? I think that's complete nonsense. Let's go to Red Light, Green Light. Brought to you by Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach. It's where I got my Kia K5 GT. I love that automobile, even if it has to suffer on the sixth floor of the parking garage here on the Phillips Points Towers. I'm sorry, Kia. I'm sorry, my beautiful blue Kia. But you're going to love Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach. Let them put you in an automobile. Red Light, Green Light. Red means no. Green means yes. Coquel? What? Red means no, green means go. Would have sounded so much better, man. Get you're, with you're it. You're just better at radio than I am. <laughs> I mean, there's been a lot of people saying that. <laughs> a lot of people saying that. By okay. a lot of people, I mean me. <laughs> a lot of people. <laughs> All right, Ken, red light, green light. Last night, the Lakers and LeBron James defeated the Suns 109-95, but they had a lot of fun doing it. They were dancing and playing and are clearly healthy. Are the Lakers now the favorite to win a title? I mean, excuse me, the Lakers are now a favorite to win a title. I'm going to go with the green light on that. I mean, any team with LeBron, no matter how old he is, his ankle's clearly feeling better. Like These are still the defending champs. And I think that as long as LeBron is on your roster, as much as he drives me crazy, writhing on the floor in pain every seven minutes, I, that's a yes. They are, they are the favorites to win the title. Not Brooklyn? Not, no, I mean, not until I see... Them in double digits playing together, Durant and Kyrie and uh, and James Harden. All right, Ken, we will see Deshaun Watson in a Texans uniform again. Green light. Yes, I think I I do think so. I do think wow, so. Wow, I worry the, about him just playing the, in the NFL. I I I still don't know, and it's funny how that's just completely disappeared. And I'm sure it'll pick up a little bit once we get closer to training camp. But even if he is, even if he, and this is not week one. You're just saying in a Houston again, ever again. Yeah, that's a green light. Because that that the ship has sailed as far as trading him, at least right now. No team's getting involved in that. Staying with the NFL, Julio Jones will be traded by the time we hit the airwaves Tuesday. What date is June first? The day that so Red. on that day on that day is the day that the cap hit midnight, June first, okay. the cap hit fifteen million dollars less. Mm, that's a great question. That is a great question. 
So basically, it's asking: Is there going to be a deal in place that they just announced Monday, uh, Tuesday? Morning? Green light, green light. Yeah, I, I mean, it, once all that came out on undisputed, like it, it is clear that that was a done deal. He was not going to be in Atlanta again. They're going to try and get this done as quick as possible. They probably already do have possibly a deal in place. I'll give that a green light. Yeah, ESPN.com has reports that they've been offered a first round pick. Yeah, yeah. Well, good for the Falcons. They're going to come out of this uh, on the right side of uh, Shannon Sharpgate. This NBA playoffs will be the jump-off point that proves Luka is an elite star. Yeah, green light. Green light. Uh, I mean, I think that there are many common-sense people that already had him as an elite star, but what he is doing single-handedly to the Clippers, I mean, he's smacking them around. And I get the sense Kawhi is done in L.A. Like, that that didn't work. Makes that $50 million in cap space. Come on, Riles. Come on, Come on Riles. No, please. come on, don't. Oh, never mind. All right, go to go to Miami. <laughs> Enjoy the culture. And that is Red Light, Green Light, brought to you by Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. It's where I got my Kia K5 GT, and it is where they are going to help put you in an automobile with their credit clinic and their payments on a sale. GreenwayKiaWestPalmBeach.com. We're talking some Champions League when we come back. Our friends Julian Zaldivar and Ilias Bustamante from Dad on Sister Station, Deportes Radio 760. That's where you can listen to tomorrow's Champions League final. Chelsea and Manchester City. We're going to preview it for you when we return with a little Stormhouse Brewing, What's on Tap? He's Coquel. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. Spend your lunch with Ken by calling 888-760-3776. It's Ken LaVica Live. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. Here's Ken LaVica and Chris Coquel. Tomorrow afternoon, it is the Soccer Super Bowl. It is the Champions League final, an all-English edition for you Premier League fans. Chelsea with American Wonder Kid. Christian Pulisic and Manchester City with their backup keeper, Zach Steffen. They'll go head-to-head from Lisbon, Portugal. That is uh, going to be the first time that American, regardless of what happens, is going to win a Champions League trophy. And it'll be tomorrow afternoon, and the place that you should watch it is Stormhouse Brewing. Stormhouse Brewing in North Palm Beach, just a half mile south of PGA on US1, Crystal Cove Commons. It's the best place to watch sports, period. So it's not just the Champions League final tomorrow. It's the NBA playoffs. It's the NHL playoffs. It's the it's golf if you want to do so as baseball. well. Babe, you got baseball. It, it Make it your sports viewing headquarters. They have their huge, huge TVs. They have their indoor and outdoor seating. And they have, oh yeah, their delicious, their ridiculous in-house crafted craft brews at Stormhouse Brewery in West Palm Beach. Stormhouse Brewing is... Awesome. I mean, it is super legit. And oh yeah, the full menu, the full menu. You don't get that at craft breweries, but you do at Stormhouse Brewing. So Stormhouse Brewing, make it your Champions League final viewing headquarters. And that brings us to Stormhouse Brewing. What's on tap with our buddies from ESPN or from Deportes Radio 760. One of the great things about this show is that if I don't know something, I just bring in people that are smarter than me, and that's what I'm going to do because tomorrow is the Champions League final. It is a Premier League Champions League final, Manchester City and Chelsea, and you hear them on Deporte 760 every day at noon. The host of Comunidad, Julian Zaldivar, Elias Bustamante, and uh, gentlemen, I'm bringing you in as the... um, 
the, the brains of this operation, because while I know soccer, you guys know soccer. And also, Tottenham Hotspur has completely sucked my soccer soul from my body. <laughs> Portugal is the site of the Champions League final. It was supposed to be Istanbul. COVID took care of that. And there's all these travel restrictions. But you have two English teams in this. And for me, right off the bat, uh, based on current form, how in God's name does Manchester City lose this? Because Chelsea has downright sucked over the last two months. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, Chelsea, they have played like the last two months like four times. I think Chelsea won like three. Yeah. Three of one. Yeah. So, I mean, took on the house to play. Knows how to play Guardiola. Maybe Guardiola knows how to counterattack that. But Guardiola has experience to go only one final. How many finals does he have? Four? Yeah. Five? Yeah. So that's the thing. That's the issue. And they have Kevin De Bruyne. Mm-hmm. That's helpful. Yeah. That's Chelsea definitely has helpful. Golo Kante, too. So watch right. out. I mean, that key battle will be really interesting. So just a, a broad, broad question. <laughs> because I think that this is, this is significant if a guy, even like, like Ilya says, he's been coming off the bench. But if Pulisic, who is as close to a household yeah. name soccer-wise as you're going to get in yeah. this country right now, yeah. in what is a vastly improved United States team overall with the young talent... If Pulisic wins, to me, it wins a Champions League title. That is arguably the most significant American soccer moment from a positive standpoint since they... Well, men's soccer. In men's soccer, yeah. right. In men's soccer, since they, they, they landed Donovan goal in South Africa. Like, this mm. is... I mean, that has the potential to be just because yeah. of his brand and who he is. That's about ma- that game and that goal from London. Yeah, like that's a major American Being soccer Mexican, moment. Yeah. I hate that moment. That yeah. You can probably yeah. understand. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's big, right? Like that's significant if Pulisic wins a Champions League yeah. title tomorrow for this country, yeah. right? Yeah, no, for sure. For this country and for uh, CONCACAF. For everybody. He's the best CONCACAF But especially player. for this one. Young player, he's the best in the Yeah, country. especially for this one because no offense. I mean, I always tell Julian like, the women's national team is much better than the, the men's oh, team. Of course. Much better than, like... Best in the world. And they even won a Champions League. I mean, I think Megan Rapinoe won a Champions mm-hmm. League with uh, Lyon. So, Pulisic for winning the Champions League will be awesome. The same with Stefan. If he won the Champions League, even though he didn't play, he has a Champions League medal. Yeah. And he's the main keeper for the national team. Sure, sure. So, that will be good, too. I mean, who is the number one right now? No one. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's an open competition. Yeah, yeah. and, like... It will be good for the team, too. I mean, you have a 22-man squad, a 13-15 playing in Europe. Does this Champions League final have a little bit of the juice taken out of it because it's two of those Super League teams, Man City and Chelsea? Is there still enough anger there from soccer fans where they say, bleep these guys, I'm not tuning into this, those spoiled rich brats? I don't think so. I feel like every fan loves seeing his or her team in the Champions League final. I think that Super League got a lot of momentum back a few weeks ago, but I feel like now every single fan just wants to lift that amazing trophy, which is Champions League. I don't think that's yeah. any impact. No, I will watch the game. I don't really care about that. I mean, yeah. It's dead anyways. Like, yeah, what's there dead. to be angry about? Yeah, it's dead. And uh, only three teams resting, like, that yeah. sit on the Super League, they're going to get... Juventus fans. and Real Madrid are going to be in the Champions yeah. League because they're still in the Super League. And Barcelona. And, and yeah. Barcelona. <laughs> But anyhow, like, I really don't care about the Super League. And I really don't care if, like, Chelsea and City are on the Champions League final. I mean, they were rich already, so... Yeah. I mean, Nothing's going to change. Yeah, exactly. that's true. That's true. <laughs> and it was nice to see them get humbled, though, and get embarrassed and have to drop yeah. out and uh, at least 
uh, it felt like it a, a fan-induced slap on the backside yeah. after all of that took place. Well, uh, Julian Zaldivar, Elias Bustamante, Comunidad on uh, Deportes Radio 760, Monday through Friday. Can't wait for Champions League final. Julian Ilias, thanks for popping by. Thank you. So Champions League final tomorrow and then December 18th, 11 a.m. That's a Saturday on ESPN. It is theroofclaim.com, Boca Raton Bowl. That's right. There is a day, there is a time, and there is a network. The South Florida brunch capital of the world, 11 a.m. game. Beers and bagels, kegs and eggs, and probably rich people drinking better stuff than that. It's going to be amazing. See, I'm more of a champs guy myself. I'm more of a mimosa guy myself. You're more of a... Never mind. I'm 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 going mimosas. I meet too, actually. Yeah, yeah. See, roofclaim.com. I'll Boca call Ra- the screwdriver though if you see me. <laughs> <laughs> roofclaim.com. Boca Raton Bowl again, 11 a.m. December 18th. That's a Saturday on ESPN. So get some breakfast in your belly and come out and watch the premier college football event in all of South Florida and right here in Palm Beach County. Roofclaim.com. Boca Raton Bowl. Find out more information at roofclaim. Boca Raton Bowl.com. Roofclaim. BocaRatonBowl.com. We're going to relive one of the great moments in Coquel's journalism career, which has turned seven years old as of yesterday when we return. Oh, it's ridiculous. He's Coquel. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. Ken Levick Alive. Best show in Palm Beach County that you can listen to between noon and one. I mean, really, <laughs> there's no other show between noon and one that I would advise anyone listening to other than Ken LaVica Live, featuring Coquel on ESPN 106.3. Coquel, the sports slime ball. I'm going to tell you why in a second, because one of his crowning achievements in his sports journalism career was baiting Paul George into a $35,000 fine from the NBA. And that illustrious moment turned seven years old yesterday. It is Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquel here on ESPN 106.3. And we are uh, streaming on the free ESPN app as well. So I want to bring everybody back to May 26th of 2014, the Eastern Conference Finals. The Big Three, LeBron James, the Miami Heat taking on the Indiana Pacers. The Heat beat the Pacers 102-90. to in that game it was a frustrating game for the Pacers because there was a major foul discrepancy in that game I mean a major foul and a major free throw discrepancy in that contest and Coquel happened to be covering the Eastern Conference Finals that night for ESPN 106.3 Paul George in his post-game press conference made uh, he started it out with with a mention of the free throw discrepancy. Well, no, the problem is you don't hear it in the clip, but I asked him the first question that got him to answer that first part, and then I came back around afterwards. So, here, so that first question about free throws was me trying to bait him once, and I didn't get him. So here is, and, and just for context, it was a 34-17 to 17 free throw um, discrepancy in this game in favor of the Heat. So here is Paul George's response to foul and free throw discrepancy question number one from Coquel. And a little greeny with Mike and Mike on there. Back okay. Here's Mike and Mike. Oh, was that part of that interview yeah, as well? Yeah, that's actually the siren that says we're ready. <laughs> Disparity in the free throw numbers. They shot twice as many free throws and they outscored the Pacers from the line by 19. And Paul George was frustrated. You know, looking at the stat sheet, we outplayed them. You know, we, uh, 
um, we got to give them credit. I mean, you know, they, they won this game at the free throw line. You know, they really just, you know, were able to get to the line more than we were. But I thought we all played them tonight. Okay. All right. So yesterday, I went on a complete diatribe based on Naomi Osaka missing media availability post-matches at the French Open and said that sports journalism after games, post-game press conferences are vital to accountability for athletes and vital for the fans. But a couple of questions passed after that very, very good professional response from Paul George about the discrepancies on the stat sheet. Then Coquel, like three questions later, swoops in, and I want you to listen closely to this baiting question from journalism slimeball Coquel. In that soundbite to me, if he had left it there, right, he is not suggesting the officiating influenced the outcome of the game. But then he did. Do you think them shooting twice as many free throws <laughs> is more to do with them being more aggressive going to the paint or a little bit of home court advantage? Oh, what do you no. think? I mean, you, you can't tell me we don't attack the basket as much as they attack the basket. You know, you can't tell me we're not aggressive. Uh, maybe we're too aggressive. <laughs> you know, but I, I feel like we're we're just as aggressive, just an, just as aggressive as they are attacking the basket and you know uh, making plays at the rim. You know, maybe this was just home cooking. So Coquel led Paul George into a response using. Do you think maybe but it was just then a, he did? Do you think them shooting twice as many free throws is? more to do with them being more aggressive going to the paint or a little bit of home court advantage you slime ball he led paul george do you think this was maybe a little bit of home court advantage and, and i'm sure and, enough, and i challenged he was so pissed off looking i challenged like his manhood because i tell him he was mad i was like oh you guys aren't aggressive enough in the paint he didn't like that and based off of those comments from paul george based on the leading slime ball question from coquel that cost paul george $35,000 from the league office for criticizing the officiating. How dare you call it a slime ball question? I needed to get to the bottom of whether he thought it was a home court advantage or not. <laughs> you asked him it was twice. You knew what you were doing. I did not. First of all, anyone who knows me in my journalism cl- career, I clearly didn't know what I was doing. But anyone who knows me as a troll knows I clearly knew what I was doing. You trolled Paul George into a $35,000 fine. Did you offer to pay any of that $35,000 I was fine? a teacher at the time making $35,000 a year. So when that fine hit, I felt bad. Because to me, you're at least 40% at fault for that Paul George response that led to the $35,000 fine from the NBA. I did feel bad at first, but then like my Twitter mentions when Mike and Mike were playing went way up, and I was like, <laughs> that is money well spent, playoff P. You are Appreciate absolutely you. disgusting. And that incredible moment in Coquel's career just turned seven. Happy birthday. I hope everybody has a good Memorial Day weekend. Stay please. safe. Don't drink and drive. Please, 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 please. And please think about what the weekend means, why there's Memorial Day when you're trying to have fun during this weekend as well. We will talk to you on Tuesday. He's Coquel. I'm Ken Lavica, and we've been live on ESPN 106.3. Bye-bye.